Welcome to A Problem Squared, the podcast which is a bit like a cup of tea and that it solves all your problems. I'm joined by Beck Hill, who is like a cup of tea from the American South in that you are sweet but yet cool. Ooh, nice. I almost said surprisingly cool (laughs) because I've, I've like ordered a cup of tea in America and expected a cup of tea. And gotten iced tea, iced, sweet iced tea, mm, mm. and I was shocked. Yes, um, but I thought that. Um, no, that's correct. I am surprisingly surprisingly cool, just or, startlingly so, or surprisingly uncool, depending on what you <laughs> think about me, who you are, and where you're ordering yeah, tea. Yeah, yeah. Um, my name is Matt Parker, and I am a bit like the hypothetical tea and the argument about when you should add milk in order to keep your tea as hot as possible, in so much as I lose heat proportionate to the fourth power of my absolute temperature which is true technically <laughs> that is literally correct <laughs> and i also i think serves as an introduction to me <laughs> on this episode i'll name the names that are namey name names <laughs> <laughs> nicely done i will help you plan a birthday if you're a massive square and we've got some any other business tea <laughs> Any other tea? Spill the tea. tea. We'll spill spill the the tea. tea. We got there in the end. So, Beck, how have you been? (laughs) That question broke me because I was like, oh, crap. Uh, Crap. How am I? What else happened between (laughs) now and last time? Uh, Good. Been um, somewhat regretting choosing to do a second podcast that releases weekly. Oh, whoops. That's why we started monthly. Well, the problem is, is that the other show is a like recap show yep. of the TV show Emily in Paris. Yeah. Also, um, hello. We've had some listeners like crossover. Oh, really? We've got in contact with the show on that end. So, hi. Oh, nice. Hello from both sides. Wow. Now, isn't that nice? Um, also, quite a few people saying that they started watching the show so they could listen to the podcast. That's dedication. Which is why Netflix should pay us. Or some people saying they they refuse to watch the show, but they listen to the, listen podcast, to the podcast and anyway. now they feel like they don't need to. Um, but weekly. Yeah. So weekly. I thought stupidly that I was what like, we'll just doing? phone this in, right? Like we'll just watch the show and then we'll have a little. Yeah, just bang out an episode. We'll just tear it apart a bit. Just as a bit of fun. I can't um, poke a hole in your theory so far. Uh, Solid business model. You know what the motto is on this podcast? Anytime you think something's going to be simple. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Which is why, kind of why we went from one a month to two a month. Yeah. Was we'd be like, oh, there's a couple quick ones we'll do in an episode. Then they will be so long that poor Lauren's editing out half the yeah. episode. Yeah. So we're like, look, let's just. Let's just do two. Do two. Let's put them into two episodes. Just turn them into two episodes. Yeah. Which then did give us permission. Now we record for <laughs> hours because we try and do two. Yeah. But we don't get that done on the inside as six hours. Man, we're just faffing around, <laughs> having a good time. So with Emily in Paris, and originally I said to Sam, let's let's try and keep it so the podcast is no longer than the show itself. That's a good measurement. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think you that think. that would make sense. Yeah. Anyway, some of our episodes are clocked in at like an hour 20. <laughs> now, I'm unfamiliar with Emily in Paris. They're like 25 minutes max. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> they're like 22 minutes. An hour and a half epic. <laughs> no, but... The problem is, is that we're both professionals. And so anytime you're like, oh, we'll just phone this in. Of course. Then you're like, oh, yeah, but oh, if I but we should, if I research this, that'll make it more interesting. And if I do this, yeah. people really appreciate that. And so now 
when I watch the episodes, I have to watch like two or three, no, three or four times and then stop and take notes. And then I'm doing location breakdowns and deep dives into history. One of them, there's one scene that takes place in a park and I ended up talking about Cardinal Richelieu, oh. who's a character, well, who's a real person, but also was a character in Three Musketeers. Right. Okay. Sounds relevant. This whole thing, right? Just because one scene takes place in a park. So, uh, I'm, look, I'm not regretful. <laughs> but you're tired. I'm tired. Yeah. 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 In an ideal world, I would just do those two things and then I could give all of my time and effort into them. Yeah. But then people would be like, what about Yoit, Beck? Nothing <laughs> <laughs> about Yoit. <laughs> How about you, Matt? I'm good. I'm good. I've been riding my bicycle. Yes, That's, you have. You yes. said that like you're about to break into song. <laughs> That's like the least Matt Parker thing that could possibly That's happen true. in any given situation. Yeah, you're right. Do I even know you? Oh, yeah, you? yeah, yeah. And I got a, a dance to go with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been riding my bicycle. <laughs> it's a song One, about two, how much three. I love Tao. Hit it. Uh, so, um, so I handed in my book like on the 12th of December. I'm not at my healthiest when I'm writing a book. No, me either. And that's fine. Like I know everyone has a different and complex relationship with food. Mm -hmm. uh, but I will, uh, you know, I've only got a finite amount of uh, discipline. Like yes. it's a finite resource I can spend. And I end up putting all my discipline chips into the getting the book finished pile. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. In the eat, yeah, properly pile. But at the end of it, I was like, you know, I would like to be healthier. And so to, so the way I work in life is I need to projectitize something to make yes. me do it. Yes. So I said, I'm going to make it a project to ride my bike every day until I deem myself healthy. Okay. Yeah. Or a hundred, whichever takes longer. Until you're a hundred. Until I'm a no, hundred days in a row. Because if, <laughs> if I, want, I don't want to do it for like a week and be like, check out Captain Healthy over here. <laughs> right now I want, I wanted to feel like I either do a hundred or more if I then decide I'm, I'm you know, in the swing yeah, of it and I'm yeah. still enjoying it and it's still and then you can working with my life and all that jazz, yeah. <laughs> um, so I turned it into a project. Yeah. And so I've got a bit of paper with a tally on it and mm -hmm. every day. I, I do a whole pantomime with Lucy. Sometimes I'm like, uh, I wonder if I uh, need to go cycle today or not. And I go look at the thing. I'm like, oh, no, every day. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so today was day 48. Well done. So getting there. Well, I'm really glad that you mentioned this because I've literally been saying aloud to quite a few people, I need someone to hold me accountable because I fell out of the habit of moving every day. Oh, yeah. For a while I was doing like the 30-day yoga challenges. Yeah. I haven't gone back to the cold water swimming since I got back because ironically I'm like, it's too cold. It's too cold. <laughs> but I, I really do need to get back to it now that I'm not filming and yeah. stuff. So I didn't put a I'm going to cycle for an amount of time or distance every day. Hmm. I was like, oh. look, if I just get on the bike and do anything, that counts. Yeah. Knowing, I know me, I'm going to, you know, like, I will get on and be like, oh, fine. Yeah. But I didn't want to like make it some arbitrary amount. I was just like, I just got to do the thing and amount every time. Mm, that's a good idea. My issue is like, because I'll go, oh, I've now I've got to find, because uh, I, I like to do the 30 day challenges because you just click the next day and you just ah, follow right. yeah, what yeah, they yeah, do yeah. and you don't have to think. But then, you know, sometimes I'll see it's a 30-minute one and I'm, or a 40-minute one, which I know isn't that long. I know, but. But then I'm like, uh, well, I have the to mental block. Yeah. find a time to put the – I could happily spend half an hour looking for a video. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've got time for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I've, for me, and I know this varies person to person, 
cycling is the correct amount of logistical challenge. Like I've got a, I've got a plan. I go, what? How am I gonna mm. either get access to an exercise bike or have an actual bike I can pedal mm-hmm. every day in my schedule somewhere? So today I'm like, okay, well the only way I can do this is if I get up early. Yeah. And get a ride in. But I'm not this is I'm not gonna cycle every day for the rest of my life. This this will be our project. I'll get to a hundred days or more if I feel like I'm on a roll mm. and be like, I've achieved a thing. The the problem with that thinking is that you're like, I've achieved healthiness. And then that's <laughs> done, and this is done, the issue done. I have yeah, is no, like right. I'll do like a three month workout challenge. Yeah. And then was like, yeah, but I'm pretty healthy, so I can afford to take a day off. And I never went back to it. Yeah, <laughs> but I did the opposite to you. The opposite of being accountable. I didn't tell anyone. I am too worried. I would get the satisfaction of saying a good plan as yeah. opposed to that. I already get some of the dopamine reward of doing the good plan. Well, the reason I tell people is that I hope that someone will say to me, did you do your exercise do you do today? Yeah. Because sometimes. Well, I, can do that. I can write a terrible Python script. It'll email you. I'll just Once end up ignoring that. It needs to be a person that makes me feel guilty. Uh, okay, yeah. Now, okay, fine. I reckon yeah. I can simulate a person. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this as of this recording to oh, the next one. Oh, wow. I will yep. do a push up a day. From record date or, or From record release date. date. Okay, right. Yep. Because when I get to the next, re- yeah, yep. I'll do a push up a day and, and then on the next episode, will you report back? Yeah. Deal. And I'll give you the new updated. Number of days. And I want you to have cycled every day. Unless you just walk in like, (laughs) knock down the door with your pecs. the door down. You're like, I achieved maximum healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 (laughs) I'm so glad you stopped cycling, Matt. We can't afford this. We can't keep buying new doors. Our first problem was sent in on the problem posing page at problemsquared.com. And it starts, Dear Beck and Matt. Nice, nice greeting. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. You have a problem. Oh, wow. We do. Normally, normally listeners so bring us their more than problems. One. I mean, more than one. Many, many problems. You have a problem. Your names. Ouch. Oh, I know. Oh, wait. They start insulting our parents. <laughs> Your parents had quite common surnames. I mean, that's true. And then decided to give you quite common first names as well. This must have held you up in the early stages of your careers when you would have been difficult to Google effectively. Wow. Wow. I'm, well, I'm going to pull them up on that. Because yeah. first of all, people didn't Google people that much when I started. <laughs> it wasn't quite the... Even this game longer than Google. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, but it definitely wasn't used to the same extent it is now. And in the UK, Beck is way less common that's a good point then they say becks a lot of the time if i think we've talked about this before in the past my name yeah. comes up a lot on this show so beck hill has for a very long time been at the top pretty much since i started that's putting heavy. stuff out there well i remember at one point it was weirdly it wasn't a person that was at the top of the searches before it was the beck hill climb which is a cycling challenge in the uk I'm where all these people like ride up this big hill which I have been tempted to enter one you year. <laughs> so many people call Matt Parker. I know that, that I know that it's quite difficult because of Trey Parker and Matt Stone. A lot of people. And occasionally people will email me mm-hmm. thinking I'm one of the people who write oh, South wow. Park. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of journalists mess up mm-hmm. and do Trey Stone and Matt Parker. <sighs> I did once meet a Trey Stone. 
Oh. Yeah, they got in touch. They're like, hey, you're the other half. I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I told, I told Stray Stone, I was like, we should start our own cartoon. Show them yeah. what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I have the URL, mattparker.co.uk, not because my name was unique enough that I was able to get it in time, but because my name is so common that the Matt Parker who did get it got so sick of how common their name was when they got married, they took their partner's surname to get a more unique name. Wow. And then they contacted me saying, I'm no longer in the Matt Parker club. Would you like the oh, Matt wow. Parker URL? And I'm like, yes, please. And so that's. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Real common name. Yeah. Well, Beck Hill is really difficult because for a long time, I mean, I don't, I don't have beckhill.com or .co.uk because for a long time, those websites linked to a yoga clothing company. Oh. Because it was Be Chill. Be Chill. The old Be Chill. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, specific URLs are a lot less important these days. I feel like we're yeah we're over the doesn't really matter. Got to get the .com. Well, because everyone just Googles now. They don't just check yeah. out a website. So anyway, I haven't found that my name poses problems with right. people looking me up. Okay. Now that they've pointed out our problem, they've got an actual question for a problem squared. They say, what is the best way to name a child? I'm assuming your child, not like not someone else's. Just a kid you meet on the street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they, um, they've explored the idea. They're thinking, you know, either the first name could be exotic if you've got a boring surname or you could get a middle name. I always thought middle name would be interesting because that gives the child some choice in the future. Yes, that's They, true. of course, want to avoid names, which everyone else of the same generation will have. That's true. You can't come up with, like, pick an uncommon name historically mm. but everyone else has a little George. Uh, i mean there was a ton of harry's when harry's yeah harry potter came out oh of course and now yeah there's a lot of george's because of prince george too many george's <laughs> they point out there were three other kids <laughs> in their primary school so i just think too many george's is a great <laughs> it's great just to, i want to do that picture book too many george's where did all these and george's come some from some reason my brain auto filled that with not enough pie <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because of the nursery rhyme, Georgie Porgy Pudding and Pie, because the girls have made them cry. I think it's hilarious that it's an old-timey name. I would consider it an older name, mm -hmm. but now it's a young person's name. Yeah. Which I think is great. And the planet, Uranus, yeah. was almost called George. Oh, that would have been so After the monarch so at the time. Imagine the planets. That would have been so good. Mythical name, mythical name, mythical name, George. Yeah. Mythical name. <gasps> oh, oh, amazing. I, I want to live in the universe where that happens. Yeah. Saturn. Saturn. Jupiter. Uh, hey, guys, what are you up to? <laughs> Me and my mate Neptune. Uh. Can you imagine? <laughs> Neptune's like, I do not know this, George. Do I love that Uranus is, the, is less <laughs> embarrassing? embarrassing. I'm so sorry George. to all the Georges listening. I didn't realize. Uh, sorry, Georges who have caught astray on this episode. I'm very sorry. We did not plan this. If your name is George, have you considered changing it to Uranus? <laughs> It's not the advice we're giving. <laughs> the advice we're giving is to answer the question. Call your kid Uranus. How do you give your kids a sufficiently and usefully unique name? Yes. They point out here, children have been born all the time and being named, they need your help. Thanks, Chris. Well, I think we can see where Chris's problems come from. In fact, they've labeled it Chris, common name in the 60s, no middle name, fairly common surname. Good work, Chris. Yeah. So, Beck, you've looked into this. I have. What are we going to do? Well, 
Chris said, should the first name be exotic if the surname is boring? Right. Baby name trends are really interesting. And a lot of the research that's gone into it, like there's so many different things that affect what people call their kids. So in some studies, they found that people with easy to pronounce names tend to do better in their careers. Generally, people feel more positive towards someone and more likely to remember your name because it's easy to pronounce. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a common name. This doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a Western name or something like that. It just needs to be easy to pronounce. Right. I mean, there's still going to be some cultural benefits to names that people already know how to pronounce. Yeah. and Unfairly. I, yeah. I mean, I don't have any plans to have children, but I have mentioned in a previous live show that I've done that if I had a girl, I would want to call her Ellipsis because then I could give her the nickname Dot. Yeah. Because it's short for dot, dot, dot. Very good name. And then we became friends. Yep. And I, I told like, you this fact. This is, um, I was talking to Matt Simon at school about fun names. And we came up with Ampersand. Yeah. We call him Andy. Right. For short. Yeah. How is there no one called Ampersand? I know. And I, I in a perfect world, Ampersand, Ampersand and Ellipsis are best friends. Ellipsis. Yeah. 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 Dot and Andy. Good right. old Dot and Andy. The adventures of Dot and Andy. Yeah. Which no one take this. We've, this is ours. <laughs> if you, Quick, if you steal it, we'll know. <laughs> So there is an argument for that, and they did find in one study as well that sometimes names that were a bit more unique, sometimes that ended up having negative connotations. Either people can't pronounce them or they already have prejudice that says, oh, if it's a creative name, then they're from some type of socioeconomic background. Obviously, these are all biases that society is slowly breaking down, but uh, it has been Not known yet. to yeah. yeah get in the way of people getting the sort of opportunities that more common names get. So it's not just Google ability. No, it's not just that. They also found in some of the studies that girls with gender neutral names tended to do better in business careers. They tended to stem That's subjects more. society is the worst. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of that was due to, you know, and outdated beliefs that yeah, girls are bad at those Sidestep misogyny. Yeah. And weirdly, they also found that subconsciously there was a lot of girls that would also assume that they would be all right at it because oh. their name is less feminine, seen as less feminine. So like they're more likely to have the confidence to go, yeah, I can give that a go because they've sort of grown up feeling less imposed sexism on them right. based on their name, which is fascinating. Although strangely, the opposite was found for boys with gender neutral names. They caught secondhand misogyny. Yeah, basically. So, yeah, an exotic name in terms of Google, sure, but could make things a little bit more difficult. That said, I would also argue that by having this become more and more common, people are more likely to start understanding that those beliefs are untrue. A lot of names out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was always tempted to add in an extra middle name. I'm with you. I think a middle name is a good idea. I think most people in, in our society have middle names. Yeah. Obviously, Chris doesn't. Um, Anna. Yeah. Poor Chris. Yeah. Just give yourself one anyway, Chris. Yeah. I was going to add in like E to the I pi plus one equals zero as a middle name. And I looked <laughs> into the Australian requirements for a middle name in terms of what characters you are and aren't allowed to use. Like, could I put Greek characters? Mm. Would a, a superscript allowed yeah. in a name? But I was like, it's like a tattoo for your name. Like, at least in a lot of Western societies, a long time ago, everyone just had first names. Mm. And then as... Society got bigger and more interconnected. You needed more formalized surnames. Yes. Will we hit another threshold where we've got such a global society where everyone's fighting for the same social media handles 
that either we have to diversify the population of names we're drawing from so fun- or stack more of them in a row. Funnily enough, in 2018, there was a study in the University of Edinburgh. They were finding that choosing a baby's name that is distinctive is becoming harder. Greater media access, global communication and rising immigration have increased people's exposure to different names, but also ensures these names become common more quickly. Yeah. Yeah. What? Why did your parents choose your name, Matt? My middle name is my paternal great-grandfather's name. We all got first names that my parents just liked and yeah. then like middle names which were like an old person. Actually, apart from my sister, her middle name they just liked as well. <laughs> yeah. So mine's an Atani, which is unique. Yes. Which... Your parents conjured it up. Well, well. They, yeah. I feel <laughs> That's like a I've... whole story. Yeah, I feel Have like we I've... done this on the podcast? I think I've talked about this on the podcast in the past. But yeah, it's um, that is an interesting middle name. But I kind of liked it being sort of like a secret to myself until I realized that someone had put it on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Do you all have biblical names? All have, yes, all have biblical first names. Your parents are of the Christian religion. The biblical persuasion. The biblical yes. persuasion. <laughs> so it kind of makes sense as to like oh, why yeah. that would be oh, sort 100%. of in there. They've pulled names from their kind, things that have meaning and from their nearby culture. Yes, yeah. I was named after my great-grandmother. Again, my mum just liked the name. Thought and it was nice. were you named and called Rebecca? or? Well, look, if you're going to have a kid in Australia, you, their name's going to be shortened. Get used to it. 100%. Oh, and if you give them a short name, it's going to get lengthened. There's going to be an O on the end. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to change length. <laughs> yeah. My sister married someone called Matthew, and he gets to be called Matt. <laughs> but I don't. I'm still Matthew. Unbelievable. It's almost like because he's an outsider, they want to show respect. So they're going to use 100% the name. That. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. There was a journal piece called Brandy, You're a Fine Name, Popular Music and the Naming of Infant Girls from 1965 to 1985. And they found out. So when Cool and the Gang's song Joanna hit the Billboard Hot 100 list in 1984, the name Joanna shot up in popularity. Oh, there you go. The same happened to Rosanna after Toto's song of the same name in 1982. Even some more unconventional names saw a surge in the wake of a hit song. The names Candida, Windy, and Ariel were such unpopular names for babies that they had never cracked the top 1,000. But after songs with those names became hummable hits in the 60s and 70s, they all suddenly debuted on the top baby name charts. But they found that as soon as the song left the charts, yep. the name waned again. Oh, really? That's yeah. it? It was a one-hit so, wonder name. Yeah. So if you met someone called Candida today, you'd be like, wow, that's a strange name. Yeah, but they they might know. They might have gone to school with a bunch of Candidas and they're like, it's not. A little, little micro Tiny. generation of them. Yeah. <laughs> so what I would say, if you do want to give your child a different name, uh, don't choose one that was in a pop song that's just come out. Right. But maybe Pick you could choose one. from the 70s. Yeah. Go, go, call them Candida. Doors are wide open for the a new generation. I- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, if you've got an interesting story about how you've chosen a name or why you've chosen a name, please let us know on Twitter. We're at a problem squared. I, th- I think the whole thing's very fascinating. The only problem with this problem is that it's one of those ones that's a little bit vague and it meant that I had no boundaries. And so I've got a thousand tabs you've open on my computer. Or a line around the research somewhere. Yes. I mean, they're probably. I think it's, you know, sufficiently straightforward first name unusual middle name to give the child the opportunity to choose or or you could go for a unique first name yeah but ensure that the nickname for the it nickname is, is very, very easy they, yeah. you know what that is the solution we've been dancing around with all the yeah do you know what that's the, actually the good answer the best way to name a child <laughs> yeah. is give them an interesting first name that with can a be boring shortened. abbreviation yes 
Yeah. The ampersands and the. And if you have a difficult to pronounce surname, spell it phonetically. <laughs> if you have a difficult to pronounce surname, get a first name that uses some of the surname to finish a common word. Like be chill. <laughs> yeah, like be chill, right? But a, and then but a leaves... more complicated version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you a dingtholomew. <laughs> I will. A dingus the third. I mentioned this. In the LA episode that I went to Universal Studios and they had like a whole Simpsons section. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't remember if I mentioned this. Bought. They had a whole. They had <laughs> bought. They, they had bought na- uh, they badges. Yeah. Good work. That made me very excited. Well, I'm gonna give you a ding, which is coincidentally also a great name for a kid. Oh yeah, call your kid Ding. Call dingus. Sure, sure for Dingus. Ah, <laughs> oh, we give the worst advice. This next problem is from Mike. Good old Mike. Who sent it into the problem posing page at problemsquared.com. Mike said, help. <laughs> great, great opening, Mike. My wife is turning 45 in 2025. <laughs> I hope this isn't Mike just going like, she's too old. <laughs> <laughs> help me find a younger wife. <laughs> That's not what Mike is saying. <laughs> no. Mike said, and I'd like to throw her a themed birthday party based on the square of her age being the year, i.e. 45 squared. Is 2025. Any suggestions on turning 45 squared equal 2025 into a celebration? I'm thinking square foods, but I'm not sure what to do beyond that. She loves books, horses, and being surrounded by a crowd. <laughs> now, notably, Mike, wow. at no point have you said your wife loves square numbers <laughs> or maths or maths or this <laughs> podcast. Nope. I feel like books, horses, and being surrounded by a crowd. This is a party for you. Mike. Hey, look, we don't know. Let's assume she's very excited about this. Yeah, okay. And she should be because it's super rare. Ooh. And I knew this fact before this question came in from Mike because, much like Mike's wife, I was born in the year 1980, which means next year in 2025, I will also turn 45. Ah. And I will be turning. The square root of the then current year, which does not happen very often at all. I made a YouTube video about this on the Numberphile channel in the year 2015 about how excited I was about turning 45 in the year 2025. Oh, you're such a nerd. I've been looking forward to this for for a decent percentage of my life. (laughs) And it's so close. I can taste it. It's next year. (laughs) Next year back. So I guess like what? So there's when when is the next year that has a square root? You will for the people who are born, if people want to line this up, if you can have a child in the year 2070, gosh, they will turn 46 in the year 2116, wow. which is the square of 46. Huh. The last time it happened was people born in the year 1892. Oh my gosh. And they turned 44 in the year 1936, which is the square of 44. Oh, my goodness. At the moment, it happens just under once a century. Yeah. For both year. Which is several generations. Yeah. And like, what is, what is the cosmic alignment of, of Captain Love's ridiculous mass facts over here <laughs> being born in the year? And I only discovered this after I decided to become a mass teacher. It's not like this is, this is not my origin story. This what was a the icing on the cake. Story. 
Oh, Imagine I, if you got excited by that and that's how you learned out you learned you like maths. Oh, I wish that's how I got into this. Oh my gosh. Oh, the amazing. This is I'm destined yeah. <laughs> to be square number guy. <laughs> You're destined to be square, all right. Yeah, I know it. It'll make sense. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, so pleased. <laughs> no, it's lovely. I, I get it. I, I I would be very excited by this too. Yeah. yeah. Um and I you know, I dusted off the spreadsheet I made back in 2015. That's me Pretty doing much. That's me doing foley work off. of blowing dust off of a book. Because there are a few other similar birthdays around that aren't quite as good because myself and Mike's wife will turn the square root of the then current year. You think, what about people who turn the cube root of Ooh. the then current year? But the last time that happened was in the year 1716. Okay. Those so people we can't turned, get them on the show is what you're saying. No. They turned 12 in the year 1728, <laughs> which was the Q root of right. Reach the out to year. us if that was you. The next year. <laughs> that will, I'm getting through this no matter how much fun you make of me. Uh, the year 2184 will be the next batch of cube root turning people. Ooh, maybe we would have hit 4 million downloads. <laughs> <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> and all the other ones are like, there's so few of them. The nearest one. That is will be in our lifetimes mm. is the year 2046. Mm-hmm. Because if you're born in the year 2046, you will turn two Aww. in the year 2048. And I am also so excited to live in the year 2048. Not that it will be my birthday. I was, I was like, Matt, you're more than two. <laughs> correct, correct, correct. <laughs> but 2048 is a power of two. It's two to the power of 11. The last time we had one of those was in the year 1024. We get them. It's been, a, it'll be over a millennia. Wow. Millennium since the last one. And the next one won't be until the year 4096. They are so rare. And we are going to have one in the year 2048. And if you're born two years before that, you won't remember it, but you will have turned the 11th root of the then current year. Super, super rare alignment. Wow. So. Are there any other cool dates that happen? For, like, is, is there an ideal birthday in 2025 if you're turning 45? Like, is there like a Oof. square root of a, or something? Yeah, no. Oh, I, you could probably just try to get dates that have more fun. Not symmetry is the wrong word for it, but you could be born on like the 4th of the 5th to get an extra 45 in there or something mm. silly like that. But nothing, yeah. nothing. No, there's no, there's no additional meaningfulness other than just you turn the whole number of the then current year because other years have square roots which are not whole numbers. It, yeah. The rare thing is a year being a square number in itself, which means mm. it's got a whole number square root, which means people can be that age or turn that age. Name the square numbers for me again. Just the first few. One. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Nine. Uh-huh. Sixteen. Mm-hmm. 25. So if you've got any like if you've got any of these in your birthday. Oh, you have the day in the yeah, month. Yeah. You could have a you square. You could have a really square birth date to yeah. go with your squareness. Yeah. That would no, you're right. That would be extra square. You'd have even better squareness if you were born on like the 9th of March. So like it, you're the mm. square you the day you're born is the square of the month that you were born in or something yeah. like or that. Yeah. Or the 3rd of September if you're in the states. Or the other way around, yes. Either yeah. way, either way works. That's cool. So, well, luckily, Mike's wife loves books, and those are already square in shape. 
Yeah, buy buy a cuboid. I mean, the short yeah. answer is buy them several copies of my books. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I feel like that's the most mathsy yeah, way. Your, your the book you're working on now will be out by then. It will be eventually. Just, just. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> um, uh, get her a book on horses. There you go, a book on horses. But she has to go and pick it up from a very crowded bookstore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That works. Done. <laughs> so I, I have to admit, I mean, I should have. I've been planning. Oh, this. so you haven't solved the problem. No, you just this, wanted no, to say. I want that... to emphasize how important this problem is. Okay. <laughs> so, but now we'll we'll, we'll, we'll knock out a quick this. solution together. Okay. Yeah. Because right. also, it made me realize seeing this problem that I've been looking forward to this birthday for over a decade, and I've been publicly telling people how excited I am about it since mm. the year 2015, and now it's on the horizon. It's next year. Mm. I don't, now I'm like, oh no, what am I going to do? Like I've got performance anxiety. Like how, <laughs> how am I going to celebrate this spectacular birthday? So I actually have the same problem mm. as Mike planning for his wife, but it's me planning for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the. I'm ambivalent about horses. <laughs> I do like books. <laughs> and I once or twice I've been surrounded by a crowd. Well, I think the, it needs to. If you're going to do loads of square-based things, then the party game's got to play a hopscotch. Oh, that's good. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, square dance? Yes. Have some square dancing. I mean, chess, but also the pieces are squares. <laughs> Everyone has to wear checks. A lot of Jenga. <laughs> yes. Everyone wears check. That, okay, now we go. Yeah. It'll look a lot like a Steve Mould fan club meetup. <laughs> 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 other than that i am on board yeah so uh everyone has to wear checks check shirts yeah hopscotch um root beer there you go root beer though write that down have you got have you yeah, got a pen mic write it down <laughs> write that down root beer square food you should serve root beer in like square glasses so everything's like squares and roots yeah, it's very. It's gonna be a very uncomfortable. Route. Like everything's very Comfort pointy. Is not the pointier back. No, you're right. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, at the party, you listen to a problem squared. Obviously, that's your music track. That was implied. Just our theme <laughs> Just on repeat. Us. The theme. We'll send you an audio file, which is the ten-hour mix. I feel like the answer to this problem is. You know when people have a party and they have a rough theme and then the the it's the the guests the guests job. that yeah yes. so the effort. my friends would do one where it's like oh it's a London tube theme and so everyone comes as like love it you know something tubish yeah whether it's dressing as the line colors or dressing as like the, one of the tiling patterns from yeah the... like um, Gav and I once uh, made a costume where like we're a big white couch like the two of us we had to walk around. A big white couch because we were white city. That's <laughs> which is based outrageous. on white city. The there yeah, was very proud of that. Well so, and then there was a couple that showed up as Barbie and Ken because they were Barbican. Oh wow! Oh, people really yeah went abstract. Yeah, it was fun. So I so think we should have a square root party. On what country? Mike doesn't say. No. I'll organize a big. Everyone born in 1980 will have a square root party. Yes. I say that. I'm going to. I was like, it'll, wow. it'll be, it'll be one of, a show I'm already doing in London. I'll declare it a party. Yeah. Or then afterwards. And then after the after party is, yeah. You have to play Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> I was just trying to think of other things that have squares, have squares in them. In them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I feel like it's the sort of thing where as long as you're providing square-based food and then you just tell the guests it's a square theme. Square theme. Then people will either wear squares. Wear squares. Or, like squares. Yeah. Yeah. Love and it. if you're lazy like me, <laughs> you just go, oh, it's it's bring a plate. And then they'll provide the food as well. Perfect. But so outsource the labor is what you're trying to say. I prefer to attend parties where there is some level of, you were saying that you like to have a project. Yep. And I get excited about parties where there's a little bit of a, a challenge. Yes. I like it. Where I will put effort in. I love Halloween parties. I like anything where someone's like, there's a theme. I'm like, yes. Okay. Done. Done. In, in fact, I once showed up to a party that I didn't realize had a theme and I'd accidentally already fulfilled it because everyone kept complimenting me on my outfit and it turned out that the party was dresses what you think the next Doctor Who should wear. That's... Or like how you think the next Doctor in Doctor Who should dress. And I was wearing my normal clothes and I was like, wow, everyone's so complimentary. You really nailed the brief. And I was like, oh, and I stand by it. Yeah, the Doctor should wear the things I wear. So that's my... I mean, it wasn't my problem to answer, but that's my answer. We've gone very abstract with this episode. We really have. A lot of it is like, these are our thoughts. These are some thoughts. What would you do? What would you do? Importantly... We need to remember that some people who were born in 1980 listen to this podcast and right now have discovered with with a year to spare how special next year's birthday is going to be. You should do like a party kit that you sell on Maths Gear, which is just like square napkins, square lol, napkins, normal, tick, square down, plates. Just regular plates and napkins. Actually, you so you gave us square plates for I did give you lunch. square plates. Yeah. Not not give give you you provided we, we the food on a square them plate to eat off because I saw them and thought it was funny that they were square. Yeah. Oh, I'm way I am already like this whole thing already meshes with my uh, my life. Yeah. Well, but I guess way. the answer is um, look out for when Matt is holding a party for everyone because <laughs> yeah, and hold yeah, hold him yeah. to it. Yep. And get your wife a horse a, a book on horses, or horse on books. Either way. <laughs> Either one. Both are good. <laughs> yeah. And I get and you know make sure everyone you invite comes and then she'll be surrounded by a crowd. Perfect. I, can't, I don't think we can ding this until no. Until yeah, the we year need to hear back from Mike. Yeah. Or or that. Yeah. Or we wait until then. I mean, I'd say well done, but all you did was explain that you are it's also only excited. Just beginning. <laughs> now it's time for any other biscuits, the natural <laughs> companion to a cup of tea. Beck. Yes. We um oh actually you know what I've got a bit of AOB I've got to do. A lot of people wrote in with various takes on my what percentage of roads lead to Rome. Yes. And the one vein of response I would like to acknowledge <laughs> is that there are other places called Rome. I took the expression in the way it was intended to mean Rome or Roma, Italy. But people are like, mate, there's Romes everywhere. And it's true. I'm pretty sure there is a Rome on every continent that has a road network. So if you include all the Romes, Romers, all roads lead to a Rome. Yeah, fair. So, yeah. I mean, it's not as much fun. No. <laughs> but but it's it's correct. I for think it's safe to say we knew what the question yeah, exactly. meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is, you know what? I got to give credit where it's due. Very funny response, everyone. <laughs> And you are technically correct. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, but for every time you guys send us in a joke, it, it makes it harder for us to find the actual problems. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Keep, keep flooding 
Flooding the problem posing page. <laughs> really, we really should... regret adding the solution option now. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have. If you have the drop down to solution, it goes into a different spreadsheet. Yeah, but people will know. Like, if we but add... that would have been too easy. Yeah, but then people would just put the jokes in as a. Like, if we had another option which was joke or comment, mm. people would know that I've written a script to auto delete them. So they wouldn't use them. <laughs> no, I don't mind the jokes. All right. But just, to separate them from the... Uh, yeah, we can sort at the by, moment, our problems and solutions are all... One big old spreadsheet. It just all it's comes in chronological order. Doing it. it's, we, <laughs> I think for the last two years, I've been like, Matt, can you change it so that the new ones come in at the top? And that's... <laughs> just, we, nope. have, we have to scroll for so long you to get to the new ones. I download it and then resort it anew every time. Yeah. And resort and format it the way I like. <laughs> But anyway, thank you for people who send in technically correct joke answers. I'd like to acknowledge there is a roam on every road network. Yes, well done. I have so many other business. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I have started gigging again. Yeah. Um, so check out my website, beckillcomedian.com or bechillcomedian.com and uh, look at the gigs or Upcoming events gigs. or tours or whatever the, the link is in there. Uh, I have a, a calendar which I try to keep up to date. So please pop along to any of those. Come and say yeah. hi. And I will we, be back in LA. Oh, yeah. Again. You're going back? Yeah. I'm Can't just, stay away. Well, I'm trying to find a place that I can have a career. Call home. That is also warm during <laughs> the winter months. <laughs> Because it's not Australia. Yeah, because I could go back to Australia, yeah, but that's but very expensive and a very long, so, long flight. So far, and I, I, I mean, no matter how successful I am in Australia, it doesn't necessarily pay off in other countries. No, and no, no, no. I, it would. I feel like if I was to have some sort of success in LA, that would, that would somehow help here. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I can see how that's a transferable thing. And I like the climate there. I like it a lot more than here during the winter you. months. You'd visit me. I mean, look, we say this as if I've got the, this is what I'm getting. I hear the paperwork to work and live in America is very straightforward. Oh, yeah, yeah. What I'm getting to is uh, if anyone has any knowledge of any sort of work that I could legally do <laughs> over there. If any, if anyone has a an American business that wants to sponsor a small Australian, oh my goodness. to be there for six months of the year, every year, just the cold ones, <laughs> then uh, look, I'll, I'll I'll stay around longer if it's worth it. Uh, but also, I might try and do some. I won't be able to get paid for them, but I might try and do some gigs while yeah. I'm out there. Uh, so keep an eye out on my socials, and I'll I'll announce that if you want to come see me do some silly stand up. I've got the new evening of unnecessary detail shows happening in London every two months. At the Cockpit Theatre, not that far from Marlebone Station. Head on over yes. to our website to find the details. Oh, and we're doing one in Bristol. We're doing a big mm. one in Bristol. If anyone is near the Bristol Beacon on the 12th of March, so two days before Pi Day, we're doing uh evening of unnecessary detail extravaganza. Extravaganza. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole thing. Oh, and I'll be in New York again. If people want to come and see evening of unnecessary detail. On the 14th of April, I will be doing it. And maybe, maybe some maths, up, up and coming internet math person named Grant Sanderson. Oh, I love so Grant. Grant's wonderful. Granderson. <laughs> That's what nobody's ever called him. <laughs> That's his full name. That's what Granderson Oh, is it? I didn't know. Granderson Sanderson. Grandison Sanderson. 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 Love it. <laughs>
Every show, we like to thank three of our Patreon supporters who really are the kettle that makes the tea possible. In that they're hot. They're hot <laughs> and they're activated by a switch. And so we pick three <laughs> turned names. Turned on and steamy. Turned on and steamy. <laughs> <sighs> so we pick three names at random from our big old spreadsheet. It's just another spreadsheet of Patreon supporters. Yep. And we thank them at the end of the episode, which this time includes. I don't know how to mispronounce this one, but I'll try my best. Give it a go. David Smith. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here you go. Da. Da. Vad. I mean, it's. At what point does it just You're sound... missing out on the on the on the dance that goes with Beck saying that. Dav Davide Smith. No, only you can pronounce names like a gymnast landing at the end of a routine. <laughs> I've got my arms up in the air and everything. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is, I don't know if this is a real name. It could be. Fluoro Yellow, I think is how it would be mm -hmm. read as written. But I'm going to read it as Fluoro <laughs> Yell. Ow. <laughs> and Ale Xander. Oh, nice. Coleopolis effect. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Thank you so much for listening to uh, Problem Squared. <laughs> if you'd like your name mispronounced, head on over to patreon.com slash Problem Squared. Uh, we've been Beckhill and Matt Parker and the the bag holding our tea together. <laughs> I'm not sure our, if that's the compliment you think it is. Our, oh, I really should write this in advance. It's our producer, Lauren Armstrong Carter. Thank you for listening. Okay, back. <laughs> yes. Dice. How many? Oh yeah. Jar in. So I'm still gonna. I'm using my old technique. Oh, you're before. gonna split the difference. Yep. Again, it's hard. It's an odd number. I think I went for four seventy four, didn't I? That sounds about right. Okay. Mm hmm. I feel like I've done some bad math somewhere, but we're on another. I've level. stayed out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I did think oh, Matt would have called me out on this. No, 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 no. Cool. But, I'll just wait for everyone to write back in solution and be like, Beck, you idiot. And you actually, if there's an odd number of numbers in the range it could be, that's good because it means there'll be a middle one and then wait. an even number on either side. Yeah. Or, or it could be an odd number, but it'd be the same on both sides. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm just I'm staying right out of it. You say a number, I say hi or lower. That's that's my involvement. You in say this. a number, I yep. say hello. Okay, I'm gonna. Go, do you know what I'm gonna say? Is this isn't even going in by my maths anymore? But I'm gonna say four sixty nine. Lower, <sighs> just like you've lowered the tone. <laughs> Have we met? <laughs>